Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Hi, this is Kurt Woodsmith. You remember me from such TV comedies as That 70s Show and That 90s Show on Netflix. I'll never forget the words that my grandfather said just before he kicked the bucket. He said, watch how far I can kick this bucket. People ask me where I get my dad jokes from. I tell them to listen to the Daily Dad Jokes podcast. Listen to Daily Dad Jokes every day on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. One half of your host, Danny Fernandez, and today I've replaced Iffy with three hosts, three <laughs> other hosts, all here, voices that you have heard before and one that you haven't, um, and that one would be the host of Dark Five on Amazon. It is Rachel Evans. Hello. It's Ooh. your first time here. Yeah, I'm so happy to be here. You were covering uh, WWE, and you are... Yeah. Very heavily involved yeah. in that world. So Very I knew so. I was like, oh, if I'm going to pull her on, it's got to be for this one. It Honestly, this is the only thing that I think I have expert knowledge in. And that's saying a lot. Expert Ooh. is a lot. But I've put in my 10,000 hours. Hell yeah. <laughs> I've been watching since I was a baby. Yes. Like, I, I feel confident. Good, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I, I think the other thing I would say, I feel like you're an expert in horror. Like, uh, you actively have horror shows. Yeah, that's true. My whole show on Amazon is about. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, no, I mean, but, but that's even about then, serial killers and stuff like that. Yeah. I, if we want to talk oh. about serial killers, I could do that too. Okay. Yeah. Or okay. chaos magic. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. We'll bring you on for one of those. <laughs> Keep that in the, in the hat. That's, um, that's awesome. That's really cool. Another voice that you are hearing um, that you have heard before on our Buffy the Vampire Slayer episode, she is the host of Tights and Fights. It's Danielle Radford. Hello. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. How long have you had your Tights and Fights podcast for a while now? Oh, geez. Yeah, uh, I believe we started doing that... Gosh, in the summer of 2016, That's maybe? right. Wow, yeah. it's, it's been, been a that, Yeah, it really has been that long. That's crazy. That's crazy. And, <sighs> and that other voice you will recognize from our Women in Gaming episode, she is a gamer, RPG player herself, and a gaming coach, Chanel Santa Cruz. Hi, thanks for having me, especially with this like awesome group of women. This is fantastic. Well, you all have had wrestling podcasts and yeah. like been so heavily involved in the wrestling world. Mm -hmm. I just knew... The three of you like popped into my head as people that I wanted to have on. That's, that's if I was going to have a compliment, anyone <laughs> mansplained to me, I wanted it to be. <laughs> yeah. 
I wanted it to be from y'all. So I just, I wanted to start out because Rachel, you said that you were introduced to wrestling at a young age. Like what is your first memory? Who were some of the first wrestlers Oof. that you remember? Um, Before well, we totally dive into the history of it, just what is your first memory? My very, very first memory of wrestling is uh, my, I think I was probably around like three or something. Because I oh. watch it with my dad since I was born. He would just like sit on his lap. Was a Bruno San Martino, which is a deep, deep cut. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, it's my dad's favorite wrestler. But my like personal First memory of wrestling is really tragic, actually. It's Owen Hart's. That yes. will we will get into that because yeah. that was my wow. first pay per view. That, that was, was that was my that was my first memory that I can see it still. Wow. It's horrific, and okay. we will talk about it. Okay, but, yeah. so yeah. Danielle, what was your first um, memory of of wrestling? So it was you know wrestling was kind of always in the background when I was a kid because this is when um, Trash Heap Hulk Hogan was huge. Yikes! Um, and wrestling was just kind of in the zeitgeist. I did not start watching it until the Attitude Era and the Monday Night Wars were well underway um, Mm -hmm. with a bunch of friends of mine because I started watching and I was like, what is this thing? And then it was the episode um, where an undead uh, zombie monster uh, takes the owner of the company's daughter and puts her up on a fake crucifix. And I was watching it and I said, oh, this is comic books. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm super into this. And that's when I started watching. And again, yeah, my first pay-per-view experience was Over the Edge. You know, it's also a horrible name. It is right (laughs) because I feel I I think I've made this point before, but I feel like anime and wrestling it has like a Venn diagram. Oh yeah, Yeah. for sure. Yeah, so much of of the moves come from anime as well. Like you'll see more than a few people in the WWE, like Hadouken. Oh, totally. I see them doing the Ginyu Force dance all the time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all build up, build up, build up until, yeah, the actual fight. It's totally Dragon Ball Z. (laughs) People in spandex. Um, Janelle, what is your first memory of wrestling? Well, it's funny because my first memory is Danielle's also, but um, my interpretation of that, that same incident was uh, very soap opera esque. Um, so I grew up with a uh, with uh, my mom is one of ten kids, so I have like thirty plus cousins, and so we grew up just watching and wrestling each other all the time. But that moment where um, where the Undertaker <laughs> kidnapped Vince McMahon's daughter, um, somebody named Stone Cold Steve Austin came in to save the day, and my, my word, I died. I was like, I was I was probably like six seven years old at the time, and I just um, I just remember seeing that, and it was just so like. The hero, like he came and even though he hated Vince McMahon, he was going to save his daughter because it was the right thing to do. And so <laughs> that was, it's really funny that that we have like the same moment as our he first. He spit beer on me when I was nine. Oh my God. Oh, what an what? honor. <laughs> what an honor. My first, um, even though I ne- what, never got into it as much as y'all have, my first memory, I think would honestly be middle school. My little brother was obsessed with wrestling. Mm. He would pile drive into my pillows <laughs> Don't try this at home. (laughs) Yeah, he just, he was obsessed with The Rock, so I feel like that was my introduction, Um, but I was also aware of Stone Cold Steve Austin, um, John Cena, Um, but yeah, my little brother just gravitated to The Rock so much. He would Mm -hmm. do the eyebrow, the people's (laughs) eyebrow, Um, so that was like always on our television. Um, Yeah, so I guess that was my first memory. That's awesome. Before we hop in, just uh, talking about how it got started. So the WWE name um, also refers to the professional, and of course that changed, 
Um, but it re- refers to the professional wrestling promotion that was founded by Jess McMahon and a guy named Toots. <laughs> love that. That used to be a name. Toots Mon. It's all and old carny stuff, man. I know. Love it. Bring back Toots. Where's that name? <laughs> I'm sure there's a Toots out there in the a wrestling t- That's world. a great wrestler yeah. name. Yeah. No yeah. wonder he went into it. Um, so Toots. I mean, we haven't had a, a Toots gimmick before. I mean, uh, <laughs> uh. it was um, assigned to a, to a poor poor woman. Uh, that we love very much. Natty um, Hart had a toot gimmick where she oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. she farted. She farted. Oh, that was her thing. I thought yeah. you were talking about Sarah Logan in the um, in the what's the driving show? Mm. Ride with Ride along. Ride yeah. along. Yeah, she farted in the car and then like hotboxed yeah. it. Anyway, that's probably that's why they don't pick the name toots anymore. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's probably why. Um, so that was in 1952 as the Capital Wrestling Corporation. So McMahon, who was a successful boxing promoter, began working with Tex Rickard in 1926. And with the help of Rickard, he began promoting boxing and wrestling at Madison Square Garden. So this ended up becoming, um, once they formed this wrestling corporation, essentially, that's eventually what we came to know as a WWF and then eventually the WWE. Mm -hmm. Does anyone want to just explain what happened there with the WWF? Um. So, well, and it was, for a while it was the WWF, and then mm-hmm. um, when Vince McMahon took over from his dad, who was also Vince McMahon, um, he began buying up all of these little territories and companies. Yeah, um, so what basically what he did about that, because this is really interesting, like this point of it I think is super interesting because it will never be the same again because of what they did. They yeah. went, so basically what happened is that there was a top guy in each region, and that top guy would travel around to each region, and there would be jobbers or there would be mid-carters that would just kind of stay in their regions but these top guys that would all travel around what the mcmahons did was go to each region and say hey you could have you could be in one place you could be in one mm-hmm. company and we'll take care of you and so he took all the top guys put them in one organization and then all everything else failed yeah because mm-hmm. there was all jobbers and then the jobbers went to the www yeah and so then that's when it became um wwf and the reason it had to become the WWE was in early 2000s. <laughs> yes, the WWF true. is the World Wildlife, World Wildlife Federation. Um, and so they successfully sued in England saying, we're tired of yep. people confusing our sweet, sweet pandas with this. And this was a, during a particularly <laughs> raunchy point in WWE's Ugh. history. Oh, do you think that's Attitude. why they won? Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah, because yeah. they, they I, I mean, I think the, the idea was like, the, their brand was being sullied, mm-hmm. and yeah. there was some pretty. It was, was during the time the attitude era, which is um, when they were doing like you know brawn panties matches where the women were just snatching. Thing. You know, they, in order to win, you had to declothe the other woman. Like that was it was 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 happening back then, um, and it was just a lot of cursing, a lot of you know just um, even just racial storylines. It was mm-hmm. just a very very. Uh, if I were, you know, running a panda organization, I wouldn't want my name to be sullied by that either. Like, fair yeah. enough. And so that's when it went from uh, WWE, which is World Wrestling Entertainment, which, let's be real, is a better, I think, yes, name Yes, I, I agree. Because it, it, it really encompasses their sort of this, um, the way that they kind of went around and absorbed all of these other territories and, and, uh, and you know, promotions. It also solidifies the idea that it's sports entertainment to get them yes. out of the legality of being an actual sports organization. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sports entertainment. Yeah. So can you talk to me kind of about the legacy of the McMahons? Because they've been involved for so long. Are they kind of seen as um, 
villains sometimes <laughs> or what i mean that's just from an outside it's, point of sure. view the mafia they're yeah, the they mafia suck. yeah yeah they're the mafia they um they are the Donald Trumps of Absolutely. like and their friends, their friends. Yeah. They're yeah. good friends. I mean, Best like friends. With, yeah, to think Donald of Trump. them that way is like, they're the modern day monarchy. I know that there's monarchies not in America. Hi, I'm, I'm yeah. in America. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, like they, uh, they're definitely a nefarious organization. Um, but that being said, I, why look at me, I'm an apologist. I was about to be like, they're not, they're just carnies. They're just old school carnies. But mm -hmm. at this point, like the actual McMahons of it all yeah. or have transcended that. And mm -hmm. I do think that's an important um, point to make about wrestling is that it did start, you know, there's so much terminology. Um, it's all carny talk because yeah. wrestling really began to get big at carnivals. And mm -hmm. that's why when, you know, that's why you can have someone named Toots. Um, <laughs> yeah, who helps, um, who helps get things off the ground and so that's why when we do so much of this weird wrestling terminology because it really is its own language and we talk about you know marks and smarts mm -hmm. and, yeah, and jobbers and all these little yeah these weird phrases or terminology yeah. yeah it all comes from when it was carny stuff okay so the golden age which is the 80s were y'all still i mean that was before yeah, we we were born, yeah. but do you go back and watch? Like, oh, did yeah. you go back and watch those? Like, what are some moments that people, what, who are some like famous or groundbreaking wrestlers during that time? It was a, a lot of just big powerhouse type men back then. It was the just giant types, very yeah. slow. Yeah. The wrestling was very, very slow. Um, you know, it was a time when, when Ric Flair was on top. Um, Ric Flair was kind of the... Um, so he's called the nature boy because he, it, this whole thing was like this, the guy who's got the bleach blonde hair. And that was, there was lots of nature boys, but he was the nature boy. And so again, like you had all your Hulk Hogan's and, and your, um, warrior, ultimate warrior. And it, so it was very slow wrestling. Um, so it is kind of funny to go back because you can kind of appreciate the storylines, but also you're like, Ooh, yikes. yeah, Hulk Hogan, not a good wrestler. No. Um, but yeah, so there's a lot of blood. A lot of yeah, there's a uh, Randy Savage was during that point. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of what most people think iconically of wrestling mm -hmm. um, comes from yeah. that early '80s period. It was the golden age of blading, which is when you um, you cut yourself open with a small razor blade to yeah for the dramatic effect of the match. It's like oh he yeah, you know, yeah. busted me and open. you do it on the forehead because that's where it bleeds the best. Yeah, oh. just do tiny so, tiny tiny cuts so that when you get hit in yeah. the head they mm -hmm. bleed out. And Abdullah the, the butcher actually has a um a slot in the middle of his forehead where he's bladed so many times he can stick oh. a quarter in there. Yeah a lot Look of at the Devon Dudley. Devon Dudley's Devon Dudley's face is I mean he's wonderful and I love him very uh, yes. much. Yeah, he's but great. But their foreheads cool. are just <laughs> yep, it's just very very deep deeply cut. Uh, yeah, now that we have HD we can really see ooh, <laughs> uh, yeah. death by a thousand cuts literally. Yeah. Yeah. To be honest like, you know, I prefer wrestling now. I think like yeah, hard same. you'll yeah, I think you'll see a lot of people especially people who used to watch but don't watch anymore refer to that as the golden age and then the added what you hear mostly though at, yeah. is the attitude era is the best era in wrestling that's kind of where we grew up that's why yeah I think. yeah so wait do you think because on here it just says this is the golden age but is that just something people have equated like because mm -hmm. when i think of golden age i think like oh the golden age of comics like that's just an accepted term yeah. are you mm -hmm. saying people are just like nostalgically adding like oh that was the golden days yeah yeah, yeah. Okay. this isn't like how you know in comics they do there is they're bro broken up by decades, so there is like you know the golden age, the bronze age, yeah. the silver age. Um, it's not. I would say with wrestling, it's not really like that. That's just something that someone mm -hmm. 
yeah, it's a nostalgia trip. For sure. So would you say that some of the wrestlers from the 80s, though, like, influ- like it, can you see how they influenced the next generation? And, like, who would you equate that to? Like, who can you – is there someone that you can point out that, like, oh, he clearly influenced this wrestler? Uh, well, a huge one right now is um, Piper, Roddy, Roddy, yeah. Roddy Piper. Yeah. Um, he was huge. If you ever saw They Live, he was in that. He did a few – Mm-hmm. movies um he always his big thing was piper's pit which was a conversational um talk show style <laughs> way to further along storylines yeah. there are so many of wait those. can you give me an example like do, what, he would like sit there and <laughs> yeah he would do a segment yeah. like a sketch he would yeah. do a sketch essentially in front of like they would have a set and he would um you know and talk to a you know bring on a wrestler and just they would just end up like yelling at each other because you know they're gonna fight um, yeah, so yeah. just a way to further storylines. And now, so Wait, many. Wait, he had like a Mari situation. Yeah, they had, <laughs> they had so a funny. He had like Jerry Springer. They do that now. They do yeah. that now. Yeah. And they, have a, so they had funny. a barbershop also, uh, which was really funny. Um, just thought about Shawn Michaels because, oh, well, sorry, going back to um, Ro- uh, Roddy, um, Ronda Rousey. Right. Um, yeah. Actually, super influenced by Roddy Piper. Yeah. And so she actually was going by Rowdy Ronda um, Rousey. And she would come out, She the first time she showed up on WWE, she was wearing his leather jacket. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, so that's definitely somebody who was influenced heavily by somebody from the 80s. Mm-hmm. Um, trying to think of, of I think like Andre the Giant is an easy one because any big man. Yes. Like it, yeah. they literally have an Andre the Giant like memoriam mm-hmm. match mm-hmm. um but yeah no any any big guy that choke slams yeah. it's an andre the giant move yeah yeah can you talk about some of the mo- before we move on to the next era can you talk about some of the popular moves that were in the 80s i would say choke slams were super popular mm-hmm. just yep, because like big, it was yeah. the rise of the big man mm-hmm. um, and then you had uh hogan's crappy leg drop yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So a lot of it was a lot of rest holds, a lot of just you know interlocking, mm-hmm. and the you know just strength checks, and uh, where you just can't grab each other's arms and try who's stronger, you know, and um, some power power bombs, which is where you pick them up and just kind of lay them flat on their back. Yeah, I feel like DDTs were kind DDTs, of big. Back yeah, then. which is where you just kind of yeah you grab their head underneath your armpit and just kind of go down. I'm trying to like picture one chop, and I can't. I can't think of any chops. No back chops. Then. But so something important that uh, is a wrestling move that's out through all wrestling is when we refer to as a bump and that is literally when someone has to um you know when you get hit and you have to fall and you land on your back flat back there is a way that you have to do that so that everything takes the brunt of it all at the same time Mm -hmm. um so you have to like you fall back into it Mm -hmm. yeah the slam throughout yeah and there's a way to bump there's a way to bump that when you can jump off of a 25 foot cage and you can bump, and you're not going to be great, but you won't be dead. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, let's talk about some of the the training that goes on behind this, because that ended up being. I do remember. Uh, I don't know when the first one. I have to look it up, but they ended up televising that. Like that became a whole thing to like be in a house and be being trained and like to be tough enough. Yeah, tough enough. Yeah. Tough enough. And then there was also that show on MTV that like yeah, MTV Seth is Rollins was on like X, yeah. X yeah. something, mm-hmm. something. That's something. how a lot Somebody of wrestlers make their, it. make their living post a career as they train, you know, other people. And that's because sure. WWE historically doesn't take care of the wrestlers after, after they've retired. Um, there's no because they're independent contractors. They're Sounds not, like yeah. the NFL. It, totally, they're <laughs> almost worse. Worse, um, worse. Yeah, honestly, worse. There's, well, there's no federal regulation, so it's yeah. much worse. Yeah, there's yeah. no union. There's yeah. no. Um, there's, there's no, no retired union. Player. No, they're not no. allowed to unionize. But they, 
now. Yeah. Oh, and no. we, oh. talked about, we talked about but Roddy, t- and he was like, he was on the outs, like when he was like 45, he had to go back and go wrestle because yeah. he couldn't afford to live. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like, I feel like as entertainers, they should be allowed to be in an entertainment union. I agree. They should be. Yeah. They should be part of SAG. Yeah, I mean, they should be SAG. Yes. They're on TV. Or like, that doesn't make sense. Or something. It would make or sense, s- but you know, you're not dealing with. <laughs> you're dealing with the mafia. <laughs> like they don't care. Yeah. yeah, they did in the '80s. There was a big movement um, to unionize, and uh, once again, proving what a trash heap he is, Hulk Hogan helped bust that open. Yes. Oh, lo- gotta oh, love no. the guy. Um, I do think I have to. I have to think. That AEW, it's a new promotion that is the pretty All much the only, yeah. yeah, is pretty much the only promotion to directly like say WWE, we can take you. They're offering healthcare, and I have to think with this new wave of dr- people dropping like flies from the WWE, yeah. like is that Sasha thing real? I, you know, who knows? But I, at the same time, you know, so there are. Right now, it's it reminds me a lot of the Monday Night Wars, which is a huge part totally. of the Attitude Era, where um, as they called him Billionaire Ted, um, as Ted Turner decided that he wanted to really put his money behind the wrestling programs that they'd already had. Um, and so Wait, WC- who's Ted Turner? Uh, Ted Turner is in the billionaire. He like, owns all the superstations. Okay, um, cable guy. Yeah, cable guy. Uh, Turner TV. Yeah. Yeah. So he. Decided he'd already had some wrestling, so he decided he was going to rebrand it and make it edgy. And that was a period where you would see people kind of, because that was one of the first real big um, challenges to WWE's um, kind of monopoly. And so you would see people go back and forth from those companies. And we're starting to see Mm -hmm. some of that now with New Japan and AEW is another contender, where if you're unhappy at WWE, Mm -hmm. there's a chance that you could go and leave and really make your mark somewhere else. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, inevitably come back when you're tired of doing that. And we've already seen it. Like, it's proven. Like, WWE's veteran star, Chris Jericho, he's been around for... 20 plus mm-hmm. years yep. is now one of the main faces of AEW yep. and he's championing like Jim Ross who's a legend on the mic it's a commentary is guy yeah. gonna be yeah, on if, commentary if you I ever mean, heard uh, by God by God he's yeah, broken in half term. Yeah, he was, the, he was the voice of the of the Attitude Era. Yeah, yeah. it was him and Jerry the King Lawler. Um, yeah. But it, going back to All Elite, and uh, this company has been started by by stars who um, never went to WWE, stood strong in the face of money being thrown in their face, and they were Except just like, Cody. no, Except yeah, for Cody. Except for Cody, yeah, <laughs> Cody, yeah, Cody left. Um, no, but this is the there, Young yeah. Bucks and Kenny Omega, um, who are stars of. Um, New Japan and, and Ring of Honor and New Japan and Ring, and Ring of Honor are these independent, you know, quote unquote companies, but they work together because they and they built this machine very, very strong against to hold up against. And so now you have people that are, yeah, they're just totally, you know, they have a chance to make a, make a living outside of WWE now because mm-hmm. of this place. Yeah. And WWE is quaking. Yeah, like, they scared. feel it. For the yeah. first time ever. They're kicking people out of WWE shows that are wearing AEW merch. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, so just wrapping up a little bit more on this era, the there was an introduction of Saturday Night's main event on NBC in 1985, and that marked the first time that professional wrestling had been broadcast on network television since the 1950s. I don't know what is going on with y'all's schedule. <laughs> I feel like it's always wrestling all the time, but sometimes it's really important wrestling, and then yep, other times yeah. it's... So I guess we'll get into that. We have, um, we have a big four. It's like, yeah, okay. every, every three months there's one big one that we all kind of and then once a year in April we have the big one which is the Super yeah. Bowl which is Wrestlemania yeah. and then WrestleMania, weekly there yeah. are at least five or seven and we or twelve don't, we shows. don't make ourselves yeah. 
watch all those because a lot of it is just filler content and it's just you know brought it's just time for them to make money with advertisers because they're just trying to fill as much tv time as possible to get the advertisement money I don't know. I watch all of it. I watch. All I, of I hate of myself. It. You know. <laughs> you know. I watch it on. I watch it on Hulu. But yeah, the thing so is, I don't like Hulu that cut. they they take the beats out of important matches, and sure I'm like, oh, I can't. Yeah. yeah. So, so, so I just keep it on while I'm working. Mm-hmm. I was going to say the first WrestleMania was in 1985, and has since produced 35 editions. Really thought it would honestly be more than that, but that's what that's the what we're at right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the next one will be WrestleMania 36. Yeah. Where is that? Florida. They're going back to Florida. Okay. Yeah, I'm not going. We're never getting one. We're never going to get one. I'm so mad. Oh, I barely got a rumble. (laughs) We have to take a quick break, but then we're going to hop into the history of WrestleMania, and then we're going to hop into the Attitude Era right after this. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport, and I'm Kibi Rappaport, and together we're hosting Rappaport's Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's reality podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of... Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring bit. out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it, it would have been, Ooh, a, been the podcast juicy. would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey guys, I'm home. Everyone knows that it's dad's job to be a bit of a joker. Sorry I'm late, everyone. There was an accident at the factory. Monty fell into the upholstery machine. Don't worry, though. He's fully recovered. (sighs) Good one, Dad. (sighs) Did you get the pizza for dinner? So he likes to keep everyone happy with some dad jokes. Yep, right here. I had a coupon, and it saved me a lot of dough. Well, the truth is, Dad is just a fun guy. Hey, I'm not a mushroom. Please stop. Where does he get these stupid jokes from? He listens to the Daily Dad Jokes podcast. Oh, great. More dad jokes for me. We've delivered over 15,000 jokes to over 3 million listeners, and man, the postage fees are killing us. Listen to the Daily Dad Jokes podcast every day on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. Thank you for taking the light, and you're going to shine it all over the world, and it makes me really happy. I never imagined that I would get the chance to carry this honor and help be a part of this legacy. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. And we're back. So if you had to explain WrestleMania (laughs) to someone that has never watched wrestling, which might be people listening, how would you describe WrestleMania? Roman Coliseum gladiator matches. It's like the Super Bowl meets exactly what Danielle yeah. said. <laughs> perfect. Yeah. Perfect, yeah. Once a, yeah, once a year event. So this is yeah, that's why it's everybody 
goes crazy for this. It this year, how long was it? We had like eight like hours. seven the hours. Show, yeah, yeah. It, it went seven hours. It's like, yeah, it's the Oscars and the Super Bowl. It's just this total um, crazy event. <laughs> yeah, it's basically the culmination of everything that they've been working up to. And the, yeah, that years takes worth place, of storylines. And that it's- takes place on a Sunday. And then the the Monday after is um, the first TV episode of the new wrestling year. So the new wrestling year starts after WrestleMania, and that's when new storylines are introduced and um, new people are, are are brought up into the company. Super. Fun. Yeah, yeah. So one thing about wrestling, um, unlike um, sports or television or most things, particularly with WWE, there there are no seasons. So people work and work and work until they have time off or until they get injured. And so the closest you could come to saying that's when a new season would start would be with the Monday after after WrestleMania. But yeah, there's no seasons. There's no days off. No, and this is a problem with them not having a union because these people had to work on Christmas. They didn't get to be with their families this past year because Vince McMahon decided he wanted to have a Christmas episode. And um, that's... Not okay because these people, they hide the fact that they're injured because they don't want to be off TV. Right. They don't want to disappoint the boss. Oh, if you talk to wrestlers, I mean, it's incredibly sad. It's like, yeah. I've never spent a Halloween with my son. Yeah. You know, I've never, I've never been there for my wife's birthday. Mm-hmm. It's, oh, her birthday is on a Tuesday this year. I guess it's They get to go home for gonna... two days a week, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Two days a week. And if they're overseas, then not that. Yep. Yeah. Because they basically just circle the globe. I want to say something for everyone listening. We all know, all of us are friends with professional wrestlers. Like Mm -hmm. all of, even me, who am not uh, in this world. I did a show at Geek and Sundry with Xavier Woods, who's from New Day. Um, comedy and wrestling and then, run yeah. very similar. Yeah, 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 comedy and wrestling. And then I've done I've done a bunch of shows with Dolph Ziggler, mm-hmm. um, who I know as well, and I know his brother his too. Brother, so yeah. like, yeah. So when you hear people saying, um, you know, and and these women know even more wrestlers than I do. So so it's not they're just not making this up. They know a lot of the them intimately have worked with them, um, and and worked on projects with them as well. So yeah. I just wanted to say that as opposed to like yeah. just assuming yeah, that, when you're like, no, they're sad. It's like, oh no, we know. Yeah. You know, we Excuse know me, on Reddit, I read this one thing. <laughs> yeah. No, but it's no, also no. it's you know, and it doesn't that doesn't we don't want to make it sound like we're super. It's L A. We everyone knows everyone. But yeah. I, but most That's importantly, not what I, I know. Chris Jericho. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> wait, I was on a wait. We were yeah. We were both on a Jericho. thing with um Jericho. Yep. Remember mm-hmm. our yeah. So we've worked with them, and so uh that's I didn't mean that. I just want you know because sometimes oh, yeah, like, yeah, how yeah. do you know? And it's like I, oh no, we've not, we've worked yeah. with so yeah. many. There are friends. It's yeah. Yeah. not a secret that you know we're friends with. These All you people. have to do is go to your Instagram. <laughs> yeah. And there you go. There, yeah. We, no, we we tell everybody. <laughs> yeah. hey. No, but uh, but Jericho. Uh, so that was somebody who was a very very prominent player during the Attitude Era which is the next one that you wanted to talk about, yes. right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, so in between that kind of Hulk Hogan big heyday of the 80s, there was this weird moment where suddenly <laughs> all wrestlers had a diff- a separate occupation. So yeah. it'd be like, I'm a wrestler, but I'm also a dentist. But in the ring. Gimmick, yeah. yeah, like I, that would be their gimmick, you know? I'm a wrestler, but I'm also uh, uh, an accountant. I'm exactly. <laughs> yeah, that was um, yeah, Bray Wyatt's dad. That's Bray funny. Wyatt's dad, yeah. And so it I'm was a wrestler, this- but I'm also an man yeah uh, that one that one was well the weirdest one was val venus who i'm a wrestler but i'm also a porn star <laughs> yeah and so during that i'm that, seven by the way <laughs> yeah that era um was kind of when wrestling was considered to be kind of lame and then that is when um 
you know, and, and a lot of the wrestlers in WWE were starting to get um, a little bit older. People were getting bored. And that is when um, billionaire Ted came in and decided to inject right. some new life into oh, yeah, it. This is when Val Venus came up with this porn star gimmick. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so um, he started taking a lot of WWE's bigger older talents um, like Hulk Hogan and all these other guys and bringing them over to him. But that also meant that younger dudes got a chance to rise now that um, these older talents weren't kind of keeping them down. You mean people that could move like um, the Heartbreak Kid, uh, Shawn Michaels, who is my favorite wrestler of all really? time. I love Shawn. Oh. He's evil, by the way. He's he's, he's considered, a, he's very evil. He did so, a lot of drugs back then. Uh, made a lot of poor choices. He's better now. Um, Jesus. He's better he's, now. Jesus. He found Jesus. Um, but uh, no, this was a time where people who were not uh, seven feet tall could actually, you know, and Shawn Michaels is considered a small guy and he's like, he's six two. He's He used to play football, <laughs> but he was somebody who by stature, like, you know, you put him next to a Hulk Hogan, like he looks, you know, small, quote unquote. Um, and uh, so this was a time when a lot of people, they, they took, they seized this opportunity to, to um, show that they couldn't, they weren't just going to be, you know, locking, uh, locking up and the storylines got a little raunchy and. Um, it was pretty wild back then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The flippy dips started coming. Yeah, the the Eddie yeah, Guerreros, flippies. that like the people who the luchadors, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, people who uh, started to introduce. So there's a very particular WWE style, and it's actually something that you learn. Like when you go to the WWE yeah. now in the performance center, they teach you WWE style, mm-hmm. um, which is very different from yeah, other it's wrestling. For camera styles. wrestling instead of the the it's Shakespeare like 360. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's like porn versus sex. It's okay. like porn yeah. is like here's my vagina and this is yeah. how I use. This is the angle that I'm at. And it's also soft bumps. The pacing is much slower. And then they started to introduce different wrestling styles when they they brought people over from Japan and Mexico. Like, they started to introduce more uh, dynamic styles of wrestling. And that also meant Mm character-wise. People uh, got a little bit spicier. Yeah. Yeah. A little spice, a little spicy spice. spice. Um, Uh, We got a lot of middle fingers from Mr. Stone Cold Steve Austin, which I was like, I'm seven. This is exciting. I love him so much. He's, he's so good, yeah. I can't I can never figure out if he's my favorite. You know, it it runs mm. very, very close for me and Sean. Me, Sean, and uh and and yeah, and Stone Cold. I love him. I'm much. a I'm mankind stone mankind is by the way. Yeah, you know what? Mankind favorite. It's because I, I'm with it. Uh, mankind is a man in a mask who lives in a basement and has a bunch of different personalities. Boiler he room. pulls his own hair out <laughs> Boiler and room. he like, hits himself in the face. But the cool thing about him is that he's actually this wrestler, Mick Foley, who yes. has all these multifaceted characters. He has Dude he Love, he has Mankind, he has Cactus Jack, and then he's Mick Foley. And uh, Mankind was my favorite. When I was growing up, I had like a four pronged. Um, a picture frame that had all of his personalities next to my bed. Man, how were like, they not in SAG? I mean, look at look at the talent of somebody like oh, Mick Foley sure. who was like pulling out these different characters, and you were like, no, that's not that's not mankind. That's and Cactus Jack. He, no. he Mick Foley, I think, is actually a really good example of what we're talking about because yes. he trained in Japan when he was younger. He always wanted to be a wrestler, but he wanted to be in death matches. And death hardcore, matches are yeah. yeah hardcore matches, and so that's very at the time was very specific to Japan which they would have ladder matches people would fall into piranha pits and literally get torn apart by piranhas and they would pull them out like four seconds later they're bleeding all over the place mm-hmm. yeah Mick so Foley he, lost an ear in the ring sure did so like get he was like I'm gonna go to Japan I'm gonna learn death matches I'm gonna be as tough as I can because I'm not a body guy and like that's a thing you're like yep. you're big guy you're small guy you're body guy he was none of those things he was a normie dude and so he did this and then he comes to the WWE WWF at the time and uh 
His thing was, I can take a beating. He completely annihilated. He was the one who always jumped off the cages before Shane... Yeah, yeah. Shane doing it. And I think Shane McMahon, by the way. Another <laughs> important thing which happened, um, which is also part of the reason why some of these smaller dudes were getting a shot, um, there was very famously a case where um they had to go in front of was it Congress? What did they but oh, they had yeah, to that's right. because of all the steroid stuff. Oh right. <laughs> um and so that is when all right, so we're gonna take it to a concept called kayfabe. Now this is what oh, we yes, talk about when please. we talk about carny talk. So kayfabe, again, when we talk about these carny concepts. Concepts. When people used to say, you know, there was that whole thing of, well, you know, wrestling is fake, right? You know, wrestling is fake, right? It sounds weird to say, but wrestling sold itself as being real. Mm-hmm. Um, and and the reason why that, you know, when you hear words like Mark, that is very much a con artist's term because back in yeah. the carny days, people would take bets and whatever, and they didn't realize that it was a show and all these dudes are friends. And so in the 80s, kayfabe was very huge. Um, if you If your best friend was a heel, AKA the bad guy. And if you were a face or baby face, AKA the good guy, you couldn't travel together. Mm-mm. You couldn't be seen together because they protected kayfabe so heavily. Um, and, and they still do this with and, the traveling too. And it, wasn't the, wasn't it the Montreal screw job that kind of like brought kayfabe? Wasn't that it? was part of it. But before then it was the steroid scandal where um, Vince oh, yes. McMahon had to go in front of, and again, I, I'm blanking on, I know it was a governmental entity. Um, and FCC, that, no, it wasn't, oh no, it wasn't no. FCC though. It was uh, uh, but so as well. So he wound up having to go in front of them because there were all of these steroid whatevers, and he was still being treated like a for real for real sport. And that's kind of when the mask began to drop on kayfabe, um, because you can't say, well, I'm not in charge of what these wrestlers do. And also, this isn't really a sport unless you admit that it's not really a sport. If you're going up in front of, you know, whatever gate, you know, sports and gaming commission he had to go in front of. And that's Mm -hmm. why they're so adamant about calling it sports entertainment and calling them. Exactly. And calling them sports entertainers. Mm -hmm. So if you ever hear like. There's, I think there's compilations on YouTube of people accidentally saying wrestler, and then you can hear like Vince screaming oh, in their ear, so like somebody on the mic accidentally saying wrestler, and then you can hear Vince screaming in their ear, and they're like, a sports, a sports entertainer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but it's live and die by Vince's terminology. Yeah. Um, yeah, so so we mentioned the uh, Montreal screw job, and I'm kind of blushing over because I was like, Shawn Michaels is my favorite. Ooh, that's mm. yeah. Ooh, bad so, boy. <laughs> so the Montreal screw job um, was an incident that happened. Uh, obviously, Montreal. The, uh, what year was it, Daniel? Do you happen to know the exact? Year? I want to say it was '97. Yeah. So yeah. so um, it was a little later. There was a buildup between see. a match between um, Bret Hart of the Hart Foundation and um, Shawn Michaels. It was like in 1997. Is that what you said? Yeah. 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 Hell we'll just yeah. Keep that. So they, um, yeah. So there was this big culmination of they're supposed to fight, and then um, the title. Uh, so Bret Hart was a champion during the time, and he did not want to drop the title to Shawn Michaels. But Shawn Michaels was really good friends with Vince McMahon, mm-hmm. um, uh, possibly a lover back then. <laughs> and an important an important note to make on this was that um, Bret was getting ready to leave. For their rival WCW. WCW. And Vince and Vince wanted him a, a classic way that you leave. You always go out on your back. You always go out losing. Mm-hmm. And so what Brett was prepared to do was lose, but he didn't want to lose in his hometown at WrestleMania. He was going to lose the day after. But because there was such a rivalry between them and WCW, recently their champions were doing something where because, you know, 
uh, WWE stuff was pre-taped. So someone you would see who had taped something two weeks ago would suddenly be on the rival channel yeah. at the same time. Um, and then very famously, Alundra Blaze, um, a.k.a. Medusa, left WWE with her women's championship and threw TV. it in yeah, the trash. She threw it in the trash on the enemy program, you know, on this rival program on WCW. Um, so this was the fear of Bret Hart leaving with the title. They didn't want him to take the title to WCW. They couldn't have that. So there was a deal made backstage unbeknownst to Bret Hart. Um, so Shawn Michaels goes in for the pin and the referee counted very quickly. Oh, Earl. So he, so he Earl. didn't. He put him in a submission. I think. put him in a submission. Yeah, and he, he tapped. Him, oh, that's right. Yeah, he, he tapped. In, no, he tapped. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. thanks. Yeah. yeah, you know, they put he put him in a submission and he didn't tap. He oh, didn't sorry. tap, and he said he did. He didn't yeah. tap, and then they were like, "That's what it was." He yeah. was like, "Oh, he's out," and he was very like, "Very quickly." No. And you can see Bret Hart stand up and be like, "Confused." No, I didn't. I did not yeah. tap. And, that did not happen. And while that's happening, Shawn Michaels is hauling ass out of the ring, they're pretending throwing... like he has no idea what's going on. Yeah. Oh. And they're throwing things at him, like, on the way out. Like, they're just, people are livid. Because this is Bret Hart's hometown. Yeah. And people Bret Hart know. spit on directly onto Vince McMahon's face. Like, it was a loogie. And, <laughs> then, um, and then Bret Hart, you can go back and look at the footage. He spells out WCW. Was it a sharpshooter that he did he did on him? <laughs> I think so. Which is Bret Hart's finisher. Yeah, yeah so, so he, he used did... his own finisher on Bret Hart That's to right. make him tap out on, yeah. in his hometown. Yeah, and The so... most disrespectful thing he could have done. Yeah, Amongst... and then so Bret Hart went in the back, punched Vince McMahon right in the face. Hell yeah. Yep. Punched him in the face. So... And he oh. finally, like after many, many, many years, finally was inducted into the Hall of Fame this year. Yeah. So like, thank God for that. There's been honestly. a lot of yeah, a lot of animosity between the Hart family and, uh, With and WWE. With yes. good Yes, and reason. so... Shawn Michaels is a is so, a reformed man now, but um, by back the way, then, just so you know, like Bret Hart is the brother of the guy who we were talking about who died in the ring. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So there's the Hart family has not had it easy. No. Mm -hmm. Um. That that uh pay per view over the edge, by the way, was the first pay per view that I I would beg and beg my parents to buy me paper, like you know, oh, please yeah. for thirty nine ninety nine, please, you know. Very first one that they bought for me and my brother, Ooh. and uh, <laughs> it was a long time after that until Never we got again. another pay-per-view. I was so young that my dad, I can literally remember, and I talked to him about this like two years ago, and he was like, that's crazy that you remember that. But I can literally remember him saying, ah, she'll never remember this. It's okay. Oh, oh, wow. So to get into this heartbreaking, super sad incident... Um, at the time, Owen Hart, who, again, all of the Hart family, they are a family of wrestlers. Um, Stu Hart runs what they call the dungeon, dungeon, where they train wrestlers. Wrestling is their family business. And so Brett, at this point, was gone. Owen was doing this weird gimmick called the Blue Blazer, where he <laughs> pretended he was a superhero, but everyone knew he wasn't. So going into Over the Edge, they were going to have him come down on, not like a zip line, but on a... Um, it was like a like a platform not right. a plat not a platform. It's what's the name of it when they hook Pulley? you in? I don't know what the either the the name when they hook you in to make you look like you're flying in like a show or something. Yeah, like a zip harness. Line? Yeah, like a zipline harness thing. Yeah. Okay. Um, Shawn Michaels used to use them all the time as part of his big entrances, <sighs> yeah. and so the idea was he was going to come in, get unclipped, and do his match. At the last minute, and there are lots of different reasons why people have said, but my understanding is that at the last minute, because he was having problems getting unclipped. Out of the um, out of the system, they switched it to a different kind of system, and they did not test it. Oh no! So while he is coming down into the ring, um, he the harness or whatever uh, releases, he hits 
one of the ring posts and then falls into the ring and um, passes away. Um, they take him out of the ring. Um, they continue the pay-per-view. What? He is loved by everyone. No one has a bad thing to say about this man. All the boys in the back love him. He was known for being an incredible wrestler. He was known for being incredibly great at training and doing well by the new guys. He was known for his huge sense of humor and his ability to pull pranks, which is what they call ribs. Um, the guys always rib each other in the back or whatever, because what are you going to do? You've got all that travel yeah. time. Um, be universally beloved figure. And... The show goes on. Um, at a certain point, um, Jim Ross has to announce that Owen has passed away and everyone else is just doing their best to continue this thing. And the decision to continue the pay-per-view after that is one of, out of all of the things the McMahons have done, yep. one of the most controversial. And if that can tell you. Yeah. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Madness. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was really so that bad. Was, yeah, those are so two that of the was all of our yeah. first pay per view. Yeah, yeah. Right? jeez. Yeah, and we still watch. Yeah, <laughs> and I thought it was you know I, I thought was, it was part of it. I we was thought young, it, I thought it was part of the show. We thought oh, it was kayfabe. Sure. We thought it was all part of the yeah. We, sure. we totally did. Well, I was confused because when he fell, I was like, well, why isn't he coming back? Like he's just yeah. not gonna do. I and like, they, they quit back and do very, bit. They yeah. quit very quickly because they've got that five, you know, they've got that delay. They're used to having to cut away from injuries and things. And so you don't see him, thankfully. Yes. Um, you don't, been. you didn't, you didn't see him actually hit anything. You, you saw, see him fall. Yeah. Mm. you saw like a split second and mm -hmm. then that was, mm -hmm. that was it. And they didn't show any shots of him in the ring. Yep. Thankfully. Thank God. Because that would have been, yeah, burned in our memories forever. Um, I mean, the people there and it was just silent. It was like dead quiet. The, that pay-per-view, just silent, you know? I mean, they can feel their noise all they want. Well, but. and they also weren't telling anyone who was there watching. They were not giving them updates. Yeah. They were giving <clears throat> the people watching at uh -huh. home updates we, because we, they I didn't want... I think their pay-per-view was cut at that point. Uh, I, think they, I think the certain places, um, networks or whatever, not networks, but cable providers, I think decided to just not show it anymore. Well, that's that's good. Yeah, that's yeah. good. Yeah. But yeah, they didn't tell anyone in the arena because Yeah, the arena is showing on. Yeah. So this... That was still a part of the Attitude Era. Yes, yes, yeah. this yeah. is. Mm -hmm. So, um, I guess just wrapping up this—that's very morbid part of the era. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, is there anything else before we move on to the next one? Oh, so yeah, the Attitude Era is where you get your Stone Cold Steve Austin's. It's where Rock you Man get started. The Rock. I yeah, do and... know three sixteen. That's right. 316. <laughs> well, Vince McMahon Austin's... was three sixteen. <laughs> so Vince McMahon, amongst you know his his behind the scenes role, he really became a, a, an evil character because a of the Montreal Screwjob. Oh, yeah, because okay. of that. Because so he stepped okay. into the into the line after that, and yeah, you know this is when embraced... they really started to take stories that were leaking to the public, like this Montreal screw job, mm -hmm. and writing it into the show. Yeah. So Yeah, and before that, Vince had been um, an announcer. He was like the announcer there, and they never talked mm -hmm. about how he was the owner of the company and, right. and everything, because um, that was a way to be able to control mm -hmm. the story. And then after that, he became the the, the boss, the yeah, evil and boss. Not Mr. only McMahon. him, but his, um, but yeah, his his children, Shane. Uh, well, his older child, like she didn't she didn't want any part of it. She wasn't uh, right. She never showed on on camera. I no, don't I think. don't think she's ever done anything. So, yeah, she's like that one uh, Osborne daughter. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that, like right. you see oh in the background, lives in the pool house. So there's yeah, there's smart. Uh, I was about to say there's Kelly and then um, there's uh, you know, Stephanie and, and Shane McMahon who also became prominent characters. Um, Shane McMahon embraced the Weasley, you know, son of the owner character. And um, that's why, you know, Stephanie McMahon was kidnapped, quote unquote, by the by the Undertaker. Um, this was a very insane uh, storyline time. 
Yeah, and this well exactly. So like this was this was the time when the shift started to happen from muscle from brawn mm -hmm. to uh more personality driven gimmicks. Yeah. And so like you moved away from like the very classic wrestling of like Bruno mm -hmm. San Martino, like yeah. I said, and then you get to like the ultimate warrior and Hogan and like people who have strong characters, but their characters are just I am strong. I'm big, yeah. And then and their work rates are terrible. Very yeah. bad. Um work and rate then, is what means like what how much stuff you can actually do in the ring. So, yeah. Oh okay. Like two moves. Um and then now what we see with the Attitude Era is still like an emphasis on the brawn, emphasis on the strong, but now yep. we're getting these characters. They are seen as more like comedic, more yeah, comic it's, relief. It was but... more, I think, is as weird as it was, it was more, was more marketed for kids. And, and we had um, D-Generation X, and you remember Suck It. You remember, you know, being told to suck it, you know, the crotch yes. chop and everything yep. that was during that same time. My Triple mom H, yeah. hated that. Yeah, she's yeah. Like, oh, my yeah. mom hated that. <laughs> yeah, she gross. hated that. Yeah. We were not allowed um, to do that in our house. And uh, the leader, anyways. Yeah. one of the leaders of, of D-Generation X was Triple H, who ended up marrying um, Stephanie McMahon, both on camera, you know, supposedly he he kidnaps her. <laughs> he kidnapped yep. her and married her in a drive-through uh, Las Vegas chapel um, while she was passed out. So that happened. But they are actually married in real life and are um, uh, a yeah a big duo in the company that we kind of we kind of champion Triple H because he is he's you know the son the son-in-law of Vince McMahon, but has his own ideas and brings in a lot of the people that we love um, into the company. We have to take a really quick break. We're going to come back, jump into more of wrestling and also kind of just get into how they get, how now wrestlers are even able to join the WWE, like what yeah. that process is oh, wow. right after this. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of... Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring bit. out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it, it would have been, Ooh, been the podcast juicy. would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey guys, I'm home. Everyone knows that it's dad's job to be a bit of a joker. Sorry I'm late, everyone. There was an accident at the factory. Monty fell into the upholstery machine. Don't worry, though. He's fully recovered. <sighs> Good one, Dad. <sighs> Did you get the pizza for dinner? So he likes to keep everyone happy with some dad jokes. Yep, right here. I had a coupon, and it saved me a lot of dough. Well, the truth is, Dad is just a fun guy. Hey, I'm not a mushroom. Please stop. Where does he get these stupid jokes from? He listens to the Daily Dad Jokes podcast. Oh, great. More dad jokes for me. We've delivered over 15,000 jokes to over 3 million listeners, and man, the postage fees are killing us. Listen to the Daily Dad Jokes podcast every day on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. Thank you for taking the light, and you're going to shine it all over the world, and it makes me really happy. I never imagined that I would get the chance to carry this honor and help be a part of this legacy. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. And we're back. I'm still joined by Rachel, Danielle, and Janelle. And um, one, I just love watching how excited y'all get when you talk about it. It's, oh it's Those are my favorite guests to have are people that are so passionate about it. It's like, oh no, I just got to tell you the tea about this. Like I have so much tea on this. I just, yeah. I can see your eyes light up when you talk about well, it. You're that's just how tights so... and fights kind of came about is that, you know, um, Danielle started a Facebook group and then we all, we were all just so excited to be there and talk to each other and we would have meetups and stuff. I and then that's that before Facebook she started. Group. Yeah, I know. I haven't been a, I haven't been a good mommy on that. I miss that Facebook group when it was like ten people. Exactly. Yeah. When we were cool back then. Yeah. Right. And so we did and yeah, and so I wound up having getting the podcast. And so now we have a different Facebook group yeah. that is not because mine was very specifically like, I want my industry buds and me to have a safe place where we can talk about wrestling. Yeah. <sighs> so we're moving into the PG um era. Yeah. So what exactly, I mean, was this to market more, to be more, mar- and reality, like, so I imagine they're trying to pull yeah. non-traditional wrestling fans. This was fans. for advertisers well, yeah. to be okay. okay with your product. It, oh, okay. Yeah, it, yeah. Got, yeah. it got that too. bad. People were, um, people were, there were boycotts. Yeah. Um, I think Coke for a while, it was either Coke yeah. or Pepsi, one of the big ones, they took their support off. They were having a really hard time um, getting people to actually, like, getting advertisers on the show. And this was around the time too that they started to have a new emphasis on merchandising. And so mm-hmm. like they knew that kids were buying merchandising. And so they were like, okay, well we have to pivot here. Was well, that comes also around John the time? Was yeah. that also around the time they went public? I can't remember. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That that's exactly when they went public. Happened, yeah. That, yeah, that's very smart. Yeah, yeah, that's when they went public. And so there was like a lot of pressure. Not well also, honestly, they pushed it. Yeah. With the attitude error. They pushed it to a degree that was like, my, this is on TV and my kid can't watch it. It's on yeah. a primetime spot. My kid can't watch it. So uh, we're going to have to reel it yeah, in. Yeah, a real content change there. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I wonder how much of that was Linda. Well, no, no, and that's actually she's in politics. Yeah, that's actually a really important point because she was getting hammered when she was trying to run for office in Connecticut Mm -hmm. because people were like, "How are you? What is this trash that you're putting on?" And I do believe, even if it's just a little bit, that that has something to do with them suddenly going PG. Is that she has always had, um, she's always wanted to be involved in politics, and they're realizing like, "Oh, well, we can't." Have, you know, we can't be the show where, and I wish this was fake, we can't be the show where our son-in-law is pretending to have sex with a dead body and then comes up with a handful of meat. Yes. We can't be that show. Yeah. Yeah. And she's currently in Trump's cabinet, Mm -hmm. by the way. Small um, business. Small so, she knows small business. Small business. <laughs> Unbelievable. So in March of 2002, they decided to, to kind of separate their rosters and they put yep. wrestlers mm-hmm. on two different shows like what happened they wanted there. people to watch different shows and have incentive to watch because you had um, Smackdown was on UPN at the time I believe and then uh, Raw was always it's always been on well on USA uh, sometimes uh, yeah. it's, it's always been on cable cable yeah at least cable so UPN uh, was you know that was a, a channel that we all got, you know, with just the antennas, you know. The um, So I think that they wanted to give people different things to watch, but more incentive to watch, you know, if you want to see your wrestler, The Rock. The Rock was really the one who um, uh, 
coined kind of SmackDown. Yeah, yeah, SmackDown was part of one of his 28 catchphrases. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he had so many. He's, yeah, he's so good. One yeah, of so them he, was just about yeah. how much he likes to eat lady bits. Yeah, yeah, sure was. So they like literally named a brand after him because. It's, I mean, again, diversification of income, and now we're seeing like this yeah. new era kind of ushered in by The Rock, who was literally called the People's Champion. Yeah. So he, like, he encouraged yeah. a new audience. So he brought in, and he sort of shepherded in new people into into yeah. SmackDown. I think he actually brought up John Cena. I want to say that he, the John Cena, didn't he have? Um, what was John Cena's first story besides him being the prototype? Is uh, after after that? Yeah. He, no, his first thing was when he came in and interrupted Kurt Angle, and right. they had their little uh, Kurt Angle, right. who is actually an Olympic champion, who then became one yep. of the best and most popular, most hilarious wrestlers of all time. And yes. his, he is the father of. He's such a dad. He's such a dad. He looks like he's always about to cry. And he also looks like one of those thumb people from Spy Kids. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That's a new development. Yeah, because he used to yeah. not have, uh, he used to have hair. And then they cut his hair because um, they wanted to him to stop being the, the um, oh, geez, guys, stop messing with me guy. Um, mm-hmm. They made him more, yeah, because they, they turned him, I think, at that point. And so he's kind of cut the hair off since then. But yeah, um, yeah so, so yeah, but... This was the ruthless aggression era. This right. is the you know when we have the Randy Ortons coming in, the Randy Orton Batista. Um, so this was Big Dave yeah, Batista, big, yeah. um, also known um, as uh, give me a name. I'm I'm blanking on it. Drax. Right now. Drax, Drax. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. 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 The galaxy. Yeah. It's so crazy that he was able to Good hop over. I, I never he's would back have in called it. So cool. I, I love when wrestlers. I mean, same obviously this, yeah. with The Rock, but like, yeah, I mean, been able to really. Ca- it just goes back to them being entertainers. Yeah, because being. Uh, being able to captivate large audiences, and uh, John Cena now is becoming John Cena uh, a ho- too. He's become yeah, and comedic, like, co- uh, comedic like you he's, know, he's, he's being in... a host now. He's like yeah. a host. He's like he was filling in for Ellen. Like mm-hmm. that's wild. Yeah, and he's wild. in blockers and yeah, mm-hmm. Bumblebee, which he was great in. Bumblebee yeah, was, yeah, um, uh, yeah. So there, yeah, there was those eras, and then they became, and we're, we got to kind of condense some of this. Yep. We became the reality era, which is especially with the rise of social media. Again, knowing that we're starting to get to a point yep. where the fans are starting to know and and get more backstage rumors. Yeah. We kind of know Smart what's going marks. on. Smart marks. Smart marks. And Internet so now marks. they started playing with, well, what is real and what yeah. is kayfabe? And, and they we st- have reality shows. What are we going to show you? Yeah, what mm-hmm. is real? And, and um, one of the big things out of that era was a wrestler called CM Punk did what is known as the pipe, pipe bomb, bomb. Um, which is so in interviews, one of the terms for when a wrestler is doing a real interview where they're really talking and it's not kayfabe, they call it a shoot interview. Um, and so pipe bomb was something that was... He worked we, himself into a he shoot. He worked himself into a shoot. <laughs> well, it's also a worked shoot in that it was meant to seem like it was real. Mm-hmm. And he peppered it in with, you know, he basically comes in, sits down. Um, he sits down um, over by, I guess, the Titantron, whatever they call it now. He sits on the ramp with a microphone in his hand, and he just starts going off about how dumb the company is, about how he is going to leave because the company is really stupid. And they don't he name-dropped other companies yeah, name dropped you other don't companies. do. Yeah. yeah, you just don't acknowledge them at all, but he was name-dropping, I believe, Ring New of Japan. Honor. New yeah. Japan, yeah. I'll go back to Ring of Honor. Yeah. Um, and so he was so convincing, because he's still one of the best talkers, he was so convincing that at, like ESPN covered it. 
um, real sports folks were like, is this guy just suddenly going off on WWE and blah, blah, blah. And so that really worked. And in fact, I had been taking a break from wrestling because um, there's only, I, there weren't really any great women well, during a lot of the... We kind of the Ruthless Aggression era, a few yeah, of us, because I yeah. did the same thing. You kind of check out because you're like, oh, Stone Cold's gone. I took a go. break around like, 2004 yeah. around then and it, then i came back with cm punk yeah yes. the product wasn't great uh the way they treated their women was abysmal and so there was just nothing really in it for me there was no china's you know yeah uh-huh. um and so i came back with cm punk and the pipe bomb because i was yeah. like oh if you can tr- trick jim rome i want to see what's going yeah. on here. well i'm like i'm so I'm such a mark. Like, I am so easy to trick. It's so funny I'm because such a mark. you would think that, like, with all the people that I know who work in the WWE, that I would have a, some understanding of what's real and what's not. And I do not. Like, I will text people. I will watch Raw and then text somebody, are you okay? And they're like, <laughs> yeah, dude, I'm yeah, okay. Yeah. So, like, this pipe bomb thing blew my mind. It's insane. Because, I, I mean, I was pretty young, but I was also, like, this you, is it. You can this still go back it. on it and get chills like now. But I like, also learned about that pipe bomb, that pipe bomb uh, promo, if you want to call it that. Um, I learned about other promotions from that. Like that was the first time I'd heard of Ring of Honor. Mm-hmm. And yeah, for a lot of people, it was. Yeah. 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 So um, that was really exciting. Yeah. And so they started doing more of that. Um, wrestlers were starting to get their own social media channels and some of them learning what they can and mm-hmm. cannot do on there. Um, and so that is what brought us to, like I said, that kind of reality. Yeah, where we um, get Total Divas, which is a show of, you know, just the women, you know, the 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 glamour of being a woman, female wrestler. Um, <laughs> and now... Which, by the way, can you tell me some of the iconic women that are in this today uh, or ever? organization ever? China. Yeah, China. China. Trish Stratus, Lita. Lita, Lita Zabana, um, yeah. yeah, I believe Lita our did brother... the flips, like a lot of flips, and that was not what women did back then. Yeah, she was really great at doing and those hurricanes. She wore like pants, and... like she was like cool. She was you a know, hardy I remember boy, yeah. seeing her when I was a kid, and I was like, oh, I can be that. We all wanted to be that because yeah. she was relatable. She was, yeah. you know, Trish Stratus was the opposite, where she's kind of that '90s porn look, um, but still was a dope badass woman. Yeah. She like she, Sable. her and Lita, those Medusa. two, they worked, Medusa. they worked each other so well because you know you had um, you had that storyline going between them. Um, so that was fantastic. But today, but today we have yeah. amazing oh. wrestlers. Yes, and amazing. so but one thing I do want to touch on, we won't have time to get into it. But if you're ever interested, Joshi wrestling in the '90s, um, women wrestlers in Japan. If you ever nice. get a chance to look some of those up, some of those moves are so good that dudes were stealing their move yeah. sets. Um, so anyway, that's just something that's yeah. really good. But right now. Yeah, we are in an era where women's wrestling is the best I think it's been. Ever been now, we've yeah. lost the term divas now in, in WWE. They're now just superstars, the same as the male. Mm-hmm. Um, there's now a female tag team division, which didn't exist before because there was only tag team for men, you know, men. And um, so, yeah, we have our Sasha. We have Sasha Banks. We have Bailey. Yeah. We have um, Becky Lynch, who is known as the man right now, which is she's holding two belts. She's holding two titles. Becky, two belts. Um, and these, Becky yeah. two belts. Yeah. And <laughs> like, I do. I have to say Charlotte. too, if you are just a fan of WWE and you're listening to this, I feel like a couple putovers is very important. So like Jordan Grace, check her out. Yes. Taya Valkyrie, please check her out. Yep. Tessa Blanchard from the Tessa Blanchard, Blanchard Dynasty, please check her out. So like, do you know if you if you're not finding what you need within the WWE, which I find to be impossible, because if you're not finding what you need on the main brands, check out NXT 
Oh my God! Oh my Kyrie Sane. Wait, oh. is she, did she get called up? She got called She's, up. Did, oh, oh, but you yeah. know what? That is a great. Um, that's a good segue because that was something that um, we wanted to talk about is how people actually get yeah. into the WWE these oh, days. Um, and so there is something called the Performance Center now, where they have their own basically big gym in Florida. And, yeah, in Florida, and some people come in because they are recruited from other um, other sports, and they'll say, "I like your look. You come and do a tryout and see if you can Football be a wrestler." Players. College football players. A lot, a lot. of football players, yeah. a lot of um, Olympians. Um, and then for some people, they are people who have gotten a good name or made a good name for themselves on the indies. Yeah. And so you A come lot of in- that these days. A lot of SoCal people coming in these days, like Matt Riddle, Ricochet. Yep. Like, mm-hmm. we're seeing a good amount of SoCal wrestlers, which I'm happy about because I think it's the best wrestling in the world. Um, PWG. Yeah, PWG. that's right. That's right. Um, that stands for Pro Wrestling Grill. It's one of the <laughs> best um, independent wrestling shows ever. It happens once a month. It's impossible to get tickets. Yeah. So NXT is the brand where if you get good enough, it happens um, Wednesdays. They're pre-taped. If you get good enough, that's where they train you to start being able to be on TV. And so that is, you know, you start getting onto NXT. You start getting TV time. You learn how to really be on TV. And that is the f- the next step towards getting drafted onto the main roster, which is mm-hmm. either on the SmackDown roster or the Raw roster. And this yeah. is new because, like, what they're they're not just teaching them the like I said earlier the WWE style. They're not because a lot of people have to unlearn things. Yes, like Ricochet when he came in, he had to unlearn how to physically hurt somebody. Yeah, because when yeah. you look at these indies, like these people are. Killing each other. Yeah, right. If you look at mm-hmm. New Japan, these people are hurting each other. Yeah, there's even and a style when, called strong style, strong which is style, like, yeah. no, I'm you're gonna you're gonna feel it. I'm gonna knee no. you in the face, and that's what's gonna happen because no. it's gonna look fake otherwise. But they have to unlearn that, and mm-hmm. it is a skill. But on top of that, they're also getting mic skills. Like yeah. they're getting developmental mm-hmm. skills. They they come in and they pitch characters. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like an interesting creative space. Yeah. And, and important to note that um Triple H is actually the one in yeah. charge of NXT and was one of the people that that um um pushed a lot of people a lot of the independent people on there. And that's why we sort of appreciate how he's championed um these people that we admire so much from the indies like Ricochet because one of the big things is that they can actually keep their name now. Before they would come in and we're like Chris Hero, we're changing your name to Cassius Ono. It's like, oh, that's not good for my brand, but okay. So now Ricochet is Ricochet, and so that stuff feels good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that is nice. I don't know how he did that. There's literally so (laughs) much to cover with this. If y'all are down, I would love to have you come back on because I know we didn't even get to talk about our friends that are in it, you know? which is It was great, though, because this is an introduction to talk about the history of where it came from. I'm very aware, listener, that we might not have touched on your favorite um, wrestler. It's very obvious these women (laughs) are extremely educated on this and probably know your favorite wrestler. So feel free to tweet at us and let us know kindly and be like, oh, this is my favorite or this is my, you know, my first memory. Um, But if you're going to say you left out this, I can guarantee that they already know it backwards and forwards. Um, And it was my (laughs) fault for having to cut our time because we have to record after this um, because we love y'all and we're trying to do our best getting you everything possible that you want. I would love for you all to come back, though, so we can talk about some of the culture and the the future. Women of wrestling. That would be Women of wrestling and, and, um, 
yeah, just what it currently looks like yeah. now and and uh, how social media has so affected fun. all of that. Thank you all for coming Thank you. on. Thank you. Um, Janelle, where can everyone catch you? Um, at Janelle Santa Cruz is my social media name on everything. On Tuesdays, uh, actually, after this episode comes up, um, I will be on, uh, I do a show on Hyper RPG, twitch.tv slash Hyper RPG, um, called Blood Curling Tales of Terror, where it's it's an 80s RPG and uh, it's a horror thing. And we're, actually, it's Blood Curling Tales in Time now. So we're time traveling. I play Miss Leanne Hamilton. Um, that's a good time. And so, yeah, you say that from the South. <laughs> I'm, love, from, I'm from Texas. I love Sweet when I can Texas. break out my Texas accent. <laughs> um, um, and then, uh, yeah, extreme oh, yeah, and stuff. You're so, from yeah. Houston. Yeah. Right? Oh, you guys are both from Texas. Ooh, girl. I'm from both. Where are you from, yeah. Danielle? I'm from Seattle. I'm boring. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, it's all good. Uh, yeah, Danielle, where can everyone catch you? Um, yeah, you can find me um, just on my social media. Uh, my Twitter is Danielle Radford. You can find me on Instagram at Danielle underscore Radford. Again, um, my podcast, Tights and Fights, on the Max Fun Network comes out every Thursday um, where we recap uh, wrestling. But uh, And then I make lots of jokes about it that are inappropriate, um, saying things like, work me, daddy, or cut a promo on my... <laughs> um, which apparently is a thing that I do. Um, you can also, if you like the honest trailers on Screen Junkies, I write those sometimes. So check them out. So I keep getting paid. Bye. Awesome. Yeah. Oh, hi. Uh, you, you can find me all over the internet at Rachel Sam Evans or Rachel Sam Vans. It depends on how your brain works. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, wait, that's, you know, you don't have to watch my stuff. Yes. That's fine. We do. You can, no, you don't. Whatever, guys. <laughs> but you can find me literally at any wrestling show. Uh, you truly are all I'm, over the place. Yes. Yeah, if you are in Southern California, chances are I will be at the independent wrestling show happening that week. I so come say hi, please. I know you all are both such uh, big fans of independent wrestling. Like I feel like yeah. that's such yeah. a huge part of the the um, community. You gotta support. You gotta support. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure. at Ms. Danny Fernandez. Um, yeah, check us out on T Public. We have a bunch of merch. Uh, we're gonna add some wrestling merch. We'll add Ooh. some wrestling merch Ooh. for this. Um, so it's tpublic.com/slash/nerdificent. Um, Thank you again for joining us. We will do part two of this, I promise, because I feel like y'all have even more tea to educate me about. Yep. Ready for I the mean, spice. We haven't even gotten into the like real spicy stuff. I know. <laughs> I'll, I'll have oh, just an all tea episode, and that'll Oof. make people, people that don't watch wrestling, will want to watch wrestling. <laughs> I'm going to get in trouble. Um, like we always say, stay nerdy. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's Reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Hi, this is Kurt Woodsmith. You remember me from such TV comedies as That 70s Show and That 90s Show on Netflix. I'll never forget the words that my grandfather said just before he kicked the bucket. He said, watch how far... I can kick this bucket. People ask me where I get my dad jokes from. I tell them to listen to the Daily Dad Jokes podcast. Listen to Daily Dad Jokes every day on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. 
Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side.